Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. So we have about 2,000 financial institution customers in the U.S., but we also really target verticals, wine and spirits, relocation, financial institution, and franchises where, you know, there is really a network of global payments and we're just trying to make things more efficient for them. That was Jason Mugford, President and CEO of Ascend, and he is our special guest this week on Episode 130 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. Jason is a Toronto native and loyal fintech supporter. He talks with me about his journey in the industry and how he went from an aspiring lacrosse player to a seasoned payments professional. Ascendant is an international accounts payable and receivable business that facilitates foreign payments for companies on a global scale. One of their most notable services is reducing the vertical fraud and risk investigation potential for their international customers and tracking payments from release to remittance. According to Jason, this not only adds more transparency to the industry, but also reduces investigations from an average of 20% to less than 1%. As for the future of our industry, Jason predicts that both sides of the transaction will eventually come together as a network enabling us to expedite the movement of money in a more seamless fashion. And can you believe all of this started with a childhood affinity for Thomas Cook Traveler's Checks? We've got a great episode ahead, so let's get started. Hi, Jason. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So let's dive right in, if you don't mind, and, and we'll cover your professional career in a few minutes, but if you don't mind telling us a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that. Not a problem, Greg. So I was, uh, firstly, our head office in Toronto, and we have offices in Victoria and around the U.S., but I was uh, born in Toronto, raised in the burbs of Burlington, which is a lovely place. Our cottage was on Toronto Island which is a little island that I'm looking at right now from our head office in uh, Toronto. Growing up, I love lacrosse, hockey, tennis, but I also really love technology. Maybe we can get in that a little later, but I just thought that uh, when I was coding, I think it was DOS and Cobalt, which I don't even know if those are still around anymore, and I thought there's no future here. (laughs) So I just went back to sports and obviously there was no future for me there. So I'm in business now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about the company. So tell us what Ascendant does. So Ascendant, you know, we are in the international payable and receivable business. So any company that needs to make payments internationally or receives foreign payments because they are selling goods abroad, that we facilitate those payments in a more efficient manner than they're able to do right now with their current providers. And are your customers typically merchants directly or financial institutions or both? So we have about 2,000 financial institution customers in the U.S., but we also really target verticals, wine and spirits, relocation, financial institution, and franchises, where you know there is really a network of global payments and we're just trying to make things more efficient for them. 
Okay. And how big is the company? Uh, so we're about 60 strong and we've been in business since 2011. And, you know, we plan to be at about 500 in a year. Yeah, just kidding. Growth is good, though. Growth, <laughs> Growth is, is good. good. Yeah. So uh, our licenses uh, were in markets of Canada, the US, and the UK. Okay. And do you sell through a, a direct sales force or do you have partnership channels or both? Yeah. So we do direct sales. I think we have some of the strongest salespeople in this space. But then, yes, we are very concentrated on partnerships. And some of our partnerships are some of the largest brands you'd know in the world. Okay. So do you also, are, are some of those like integrated into people's like accounting packages, ERP systems, those types of things? Yeah. So we have, I think four ways. So it's, uh, I mean, you can just, you know, customers can log in, you know, through our website. We have single sign-on, which is, you know, so you don't have to log in twice, you know, into your one ERP and then into us. And then we have full-on API integration, where every service that we offer, you can basically get through our APIs. And then we also are looking at, and we do this, is where we just license our software and customers or partners can use it on their own, you know, to the payments through other service providers. Okay. And you mentioned software. So are you positioned as sort of a SaaS company or more make money on the transactions? So we make money on the transactions, but it's funny because uh, a lot of us have been in this business for a long time, but you know, we would sell ourselves as, a, as much as we are a, a payments company, we're a software company. And then the term fintech came out. And so now we call ourselves fintech, <laughs> <laughs> but no. So we do make money on transactions, but we're really trying to differentiate ourselves through software as a service. And I even saw this payments as a service, but I think... You know, the one thing that differentiates ourselves from our competitors, and, you know, there's some good competitors out there and good people, but we really concentrate on, on solving problems within the uh, payment operational efficiencies for corporations and within specific verticals. Okay. And so that sort of was the next question, what differentiates you? So when you say that, maybe can you give us an example or a use case of how you would would work with a, a customer to help them solve a specific problem? Yeah, absolutely. We're in verticals where they're making payments all over the world and they receive invoices, whether by email, by fax, <laughs> or you know, receiving the instructions by phone. And we created a um, product or a service called Pay Intelligence, where it basically allows our customers to send that out to their customers and say, look, here's the information we need to get your payment on time and ensure that there's no investigations. And that has reduced some of these verticals, uh, investigation issues from, let's say, 20% of the payments to less than 0.5% of the payments. And so they've called us to say, like, this is a dream. <laughs> And then there's another product we have, which is based on Swift GPI, where we can actually track the payment from the time when we say it to be released for when it hits the payee, where they can actually track it the entire way. And so for our customers and their payees, their customers, they can actually log in and see when that payment was released, which bank that it's gone through, 
when it was hit the pay account and any uh, service charges. So we're bringing a lot of transparency to the industry. And this data that's transferred back and forth, I mean, is that something that they can then use to better run their business? Oh, absolutely. Because I think, uh, well, one, the recipient of the funds isn't, you know, calling to say, where are my funds? And they might also release, you know, the goods of the service before that, if they see that the payment has been released. But then also it just greatly reduces uh, investigations. Okay. And then you mentioned operating in, in Canada, US, and UK. Now, that doesn't mean those are the only countries you can conduct business, right? Yes. Those are the only countries that we can accept clients, but we can release payments to over 100 and pretty much every country in the world, 140. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, well, where do you see this heading in the next couple of years? I know, you know, for a long time, if you want to call this and lump it into B2B payments, you know, it's really all about checks are going to disappear. And, and you still hear that some, but I don't, I don't know that that's really when you talk to someone, they say, you know, that's the future of the industry. But what do you think the future of the industry is? And you can sort of answer that in a holistic payments answer or a more, you know, sort of international payments answer either way. But where do you think it's all headed in the next couple of years? Yeah, the death of checks has been greatly overrated. People still have some comfort with checks, don't they? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I do think there's going to be a lot more transparency, though, over and access to information for the consumer, whether it be business or individual, about you know where their payment is and any fees that are being charged. You know, we're really concentrating on verticals or segments, whatever you want to call them. I think there's a place for a network within those. You know, I think it's gonna be about transparency and customer service. <laughs> okay. And when you say network meaning within a certain vertical all of the payees and you know, both sides of the transaction come together as a, I, I don't know what you would call it, maybe network is the right word. Is that sort of what you're saying the vision is? Yes. Where do you see it going? If you can answer it, I know sort of get the crystal ball out, but 10 years from now, where do you see it? Yeah, I wish I knew that. 10 years from now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long time. Yeah. I think everyone will be more connected than maybe they are now. And it's just like the network that you know, with faster payments and money to be able to be moved very quickly. You know, I think that um, it will be uh, more seamless, let's say, (laughs) than it is now. Do you think that uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain get involved in in this business? I think there's something there with the infrastructure and the process of crypto and blockchain, but um, I don't think the consumer or the you know, business person actually cares. Just get me my money or get the money there on time. And so it's just about improving the infrastructure. Well, if you don't mind, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about you. So you you told us a little bit about your your personal background. So maybe a little bit about your career and sort of how you got into payments and then your journey to your role there as the president and CEO of Ascendant. As I said, I was kind of like, you know, tinkering with the codes and stuff, but the big thing was my mother took us on vacation and I loved Thomas Cook Traveler's Checks because <laughs> they were all in different colors. Oh my God, this is the greatest company that ever lived. And when I went to get my first job in Toronto, I uh, went to a uh, personnel agency and they said, oh, there's this company that um, is starting up a foreign exchange B2B business, B2C in Toronto. And I was like, 
oh, really? Yeah, I'll fly. And then uh, they gave me a little more information, and I ran down to the library to look at the microfiche of news <laughs> about this company that was purchasing this other company in Toronto on regards to foreign exchange payments. And unbelievably, it was Thomas Cook. And so uh, and for the interview, I got hired. They put me in Thomas Cook Retail Foreign Exchange. And I was there for a month, and I called the person and said, is this where I'm supposed to stay? And, oh, I forgot about you. I went on vacation. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, I was working for Thomas Cook. Thomas Cook was very progressive, and they really, really emphasized technology. And then uh, it was purchased, and we went to our number of us still work at this or that work at this company. I went to another company. It was a Canadian company and we built that company up internationally. And then that company was purchased by Western Union. And then uh, we just thought, you know, there's still a place or and you know for a company to get into this market and really differentiate itself through, as I said, technology. And I went through all the gamuts of roles and thought, you know what, it's you know, probably time for me to <laughs> to lead a company as far as uh, a uh, CEO. And that's why I ended up here. Okay. So you are you one of the founders of the company? Yes. How many founders are there? Well, there's two. Um, okay. But I would say that there's probably 15 that came on in the uh, beginning of the company. Did you guys raise money to start the company? We did. Yeah. But it's one owner, Tony Ma, out of Vancouver Bullion Currency Exchange out of Vancouver. It's the uh, initial investor. Okay. So you haven't gone through, I won't say traditional, but what we often read about in the press of the A round, B, C, D, all those fun things. Yeah, we've only been through one round. So, <laughs> What are some things that you're passionate about? So maybe, maybe one business related thing and one personal thing that you have a, a strong passion for. They're kind of both related, but I mean, I really have a passion about uh, collaboration and team and culture. And I think you are you know, anyone that's been with us on this journey would recognize that we are a company that has appreciated culture, team, collaboration for years. It's something that, you know, I don't know if it's passion, but I absolutely enjoy just working with people, socializing, just getting to know them. But then also, you know, when there's problems, you know, how you get to the bottom of what the solution is. I've always enjoyed that. From a personal passion, I guess the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> I do enjoy watching hockey, but also, you know, as I said earlier, I have a five-year-old and a six-year-old boys. So my passions are coming back. They love the sports and they love art. I like being a part of it. So do you get to go to many of the Maple Leaf games? So, well, not over the last year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. But yes, we will be going. We'll go more to the outdoor games <laughs> when I say which isn't hockey. But yeah, we'll be starting to go to the games, although the boys are so young, they get bored around the first period. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I don't know if this is a story that people want to hear, but I just remember my four-year-old boy, because the seats aren't short enough, he would collapse in them. And so we'd be sitting there and then it's like, oh my God. And so then I would stretch <laughs> him out and then he'd be hitting the person <laughs> in the head in the front seat with his feet, I was like, okay, I don't know if this is going to work. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll get better over time, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, hopefully it's not that way when he's six feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I did. I wanted to circle back on on the the word culture because I do a lot of things here with my podcast or, or around culture, and it, it seems that that people, leaders like you who run companies, you know, culture becomes important to them because of maybe a bad experience they've had in the past or a good experience they've had working at another company or a combination of the two or maybe even just an internal drive to make sure that the culture and the place that they're building is is a place where they want people to to come and enjoy it. So just kind of curious where your sort of passion for building a great culture came from. So for me, it was because of a fabulous experience. I mean, again, I'm speaking for myself at Thomas Cook and Thomas Cook, which I'm not sure if no, but it was like a hundred and oh, I say 150 year old company, <laughs> but it was a uh, travel company and it got into the financial services and it promoted people working together globally. And when I came into business, I was afforded the ability to not only work among teams within North America, but teams around the world. And I just thought this is the way it should be. Okay. One last question is, you know, when I started in payments going back, I don't know, 15, 16 years, like you mentioned, the word fintech certainly didn't exist. And payments as as a whole wasn't necessarily a... Uh, hot and sexy industry to be getting into. I sort of fell into it and just haven't been able to get out of it. But curious what your advice would be to someone coming out of college today that says, hey, I'm interested in payments. I'm interested in fintech. I want to make a career. Sort of what kind of advice would you give them to help them be successful as they, they start their career in payments or fintech? Send me their resume. Um, that was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the advice would just be, um, you know, just concentrate on customer service, payment efficiency, and technology. Okay. Well, we've covered a lot of ground on your background, both personally and professionally, and on the company and the industry. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> okay. What would be the best way for people to learn more about you and, and the company? Oh, you can go to ascendant.world, which is our uh, website. The reason we changed it to went to .world is because um, you know we feel that we have a full network of solutions, and you know uh, .com just didn't fulfill it. <laughs> so, right. or you can send it to an email to if you want to email me directly. I mean, it's on the website, Jason.Mugford at ascendant.world. Okay, great. Well, Jason, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know your time is very valuable, so I appreciate you being here. I appreciate it, Greg. You're a wonderful interviewer. Oh, <laughs> thank you. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 